0: Well, I want you to open your Bibles with me today to the book of 1 Timothy. We're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 1. And what we're going to be talking about, honestly, is just like gratefulness and thankfulness, but kind of in a different idea, that today we're going to talk about being thankful for the mission. Grateful for the mission that God has placed on our lives. All of us in this room have the opportunity and the, the understanding that God has called us to something. You've heard me say it a thousand times if you've been part of this church. Uh, in other churches maybe that you're visiting with us today, you've been in those churches and you've probably heard someone talk about the fact that you have been called by God. And in fact, if you attend a church and that church has never told you that you have been called by God, I would recommend find a new church. Because all of us have been called by God to do great and mighty things that only God through us can accomplish. And so today, that's what I want to talk about, It's how we can be grateful for the mission. And I think there's a passage in 1 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 12, that gives us the understanding, like really to kind of help us really lean into and, and dive into the idea, into the concept that, that truly we do understand that God is, is is so gracious to us. God extends his grace and his mercy to us and gives us the opportunity to serve him. Now, I know that kind of flies in the face of like human understanding. It flies in the face of what the world might say we should be grateful for. Wait a minute, you're saying we should be grateful that we get to work? Absolutely. You think we should be grateful that we get to serve? Absolutely. You think we should be grateful that we actually have to do something for God? Absolutely, we should be grateful for that. And the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 1 gives us that understanding. So I want to read beginning with verse 12, uh, a picture of the gratefulness for the mission. And it says in verse 12, I give thanks to Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, appointing me to the ministry, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an arrogant man. But I received mercy because I acted out of ignorance and unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. But I received mercy for this reason, so that in me, the worst of them, Christ Jesus might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. Now, to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Now, Paul is talking about here the mission that God had put him on. Paul is talking about this this incredible opportunity that he had been given, this grace that he had been extended by God to go out and to accomplish things for him and so i think this is a good place for us to start and understand how we can be grateful for the mission that god has called us to but i think before we kind of dive into that passage i think we need to kind of understand the purpose behind the holy spirit encouraging paul to write these words Now, you know, and and I think I've told you this again a million times here, and I know my dad before me said it a million more, that we believe that the Word of God is the infallible, inspired uh, Word of God, that there's not a mistake that is in it, that everything was breathed out by God from the heart of God to the heart of man so that we would know how to live. And so understanding that, God encouraged, he inspired Paul to write these words, but understand, and we don't need to turn to it, but in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, Paul gives us the reason for writing this letter that, again, the Holy Spirit gave to him, and he basically said this. He said, listen, in case I can't get there. Now remember, Paul is writing this letter in a time that he had just been in jail, And he knows he probably is going to go back to jail. He's kind of in this series uh, towards the end of his life, about 60 or 62, 63 A.D. He's writing this, knowing like his days are numbered. He knows like his life is about to come to an end pretty soon after he wrote these words. And so as he's writing these words, uh, this letter to to Timothy, he's writing this statement. And here's what he says. He says, I just want you to understand this. Like, in case I can't come to you, chapter 3, verse 15 says... I'm writing this so that you will know how to act in the household of God. The house of the living God. In other words, he's saying this, guys, this is what you need to know as followers of Jesus Christ. This is how you must act when you are sitting in the room, when you are coming together as a body of Christ, as the bride of Christ. Like, this is how you've got to act. This is how you've got to live. Now, for me, and I hope you would feel the same way, being a part of a church, like we're all here today and we're gathered together in this place as part of the church. I think that it should be um, imperative for us, important for us to kind of have this understanding, like if we're sitting here in the room and we're part of the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, like that we probably want to know how we're supposed to act, right? Do you want to know how to act as the bride of Christ, as the body of Christ? Like, do you want to know what you're supposed to do? I think all of us do. I think that's why we're here. Like, we want to figure out, like, how is this thing supposed to be played out? How are we to live as the body of Christ? And that's why Timothy writes these letters. And so he writes that in chapter 3. But when you go back again to chapter 1, and he's writing these words, he's making it clear. Like, man, I am so grateful that God put me to work. I'm so grateful that God actually called me out of my past, which was not a good one. And God wants me to do things for him. It doesn't make sense, he says. It's like, it's totally like, it's crazy. It's hard to understand. Like, I don't get it. I can't fathom it. It doesn't make sense. It shocks me more than it shocks you, Paul says. But for some reason, God has called me to the ministry. Now, I want to underscore everything we're going to talk about just in a few moments with this statement. What Paul said 2,000 years ago in this passage is the same thing that everyone in this room should say today. That every one of you ought to have that same posture. Every one of you, excuse me, every one of you, and then not enough Diet Coke this morning. Every one of you should have the same heart, the same desire in your heart to say, God, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. But God, thank you for letting me serve you. Grateful for the mission. Now, with that said, let's go back to this passage and let's just kind of spend a few moments together today, kind of breaking it down to understand a little bit better, like how it is that we're to be grateful for this mission that God has called us to. We read it here a moment ago, but the first thing we have to understand is this, is that according to God's word, and don't miss this now, because so often I've heard it as a pastor, I've heard this a thousand times from people, some of this room and some you know, in different places, that you do not feel ready to be used by God. You don't feel qualified to be used by God. Here's the first thing I wanna give you. We have been made ready. Everyone in this room has been made ready to serve God. Look what it says again, going back to verse 12, the first part of the verse. I give thanks to Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me. You had an underline in your Bible, highlighted if you're on your phone, who has strengthened me. Now, again, we know Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, one of our favorite verses in scripture. Probably one of your favorite verses in scripture when you were younger. Can anybody tell me what that verse says? Philippians 4:13. I can all things through Christ who strengthens me. I mean, I love that verse. When I was a kid, I really loved that verse. When I was a big fan of Evil Knievel, for those of you who are a little bit older and know who Evil Knievel is, and I would be riding my bike and trying to jump ditches in my neighborhood and building these little wooden ramps and trying to sail through the air so all the girls in my neighborhood think, man, he's really cool. I, I love that verse like I can do all things there's nothing I can't do because of Christ who strengthens me. Like we have taken that verse so far out of context in our journey. It's like it's it's incredible. It's unbelievable. Like we have really blown it when it comes to, you know, kind of translating and understanding the context of that verse. I can do all things. I can be a billionaire. I can have a Lamborghini. I can live in the biggest house in town. I can be president of the United States without running. (laughs) I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, we take that out of context. But here's how we do need to take that verse. When it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, what that verse is really saying is this, is that you can do all things that God has called you to. That everything in your journey that God has for you, God's will for your life, God's plan for your life, God's path for your journey, and make no mistake, there's not a person in this room that God doesn't have a plan. There's not a person in this room that God has not prepared a path for you to walk. Man, incredible accomplishments that he wants you to accomplish, things that go beyond anything that you could possibly imagine that he wants you to really do. And you think, man, I can't do it. Yes, you can. Because if God has called you to it, I can guarantee you God will give you everything that you need to not only pull it off, but to pull it off in an amazing way. There's a statement that we've heard so often. Many different preachers have quoted this through the years, that God is not interested in our abilities, but God is only interested in our availability, right? You've heard that, right? Now, that comes from a guy named Neil Maxwell. Neil Maxwell was one of the quorum of 12 of the Church of Latter-day Saints, of the Mormon Church. So certainly not like, you know, kind of in our theological understanding, but it's a great statement, right? That God's not interested in your abilities. And why is he not interested in your ability? Because our God is all powerful. And so he can take the weakest among us and he can do the greatest work. God can take the least qualified among us and accomplish the greatest things. God can take the person in the room who the world would think they don't have a clue and they don't have a prayer. And God can say, oh, buckle your seatbelts, baby, because I'm gonna show you something. That's who our God is. That's what our God can do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so you go back to this verse, verse 12, we've been ready. Paul says, man, I give thanks to God. I give thanks to Christ Jesus, our Lord. Why? Because he has strengthened me. He has called me to the work and he's given me what I need to be able to pull it off. And no matter what it is that it is that God has for you, like God will give you what you need to make it happen. And so when you hear that still small voice in your journey, when you hear that thing that 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 is always kind of speaking into your hearts and into your mind and like like really kind of digging at you, man, I really feel like God wants me to do this. I really feel like God wants me to do this. And you start doubting and you start questioning. So like, I can't do it. I can't pull it off. And you keep hearing that, like, yeah, God's calling. I know it's there. I know it's there. Understand this. There is nothing that God will ever call you to that He does not give you everything that you need to pull it off in amazing ways. Acts chapter one, verse eight, you know, that passage, Jesus, in the last conversation he had with the disciples before he ascended into heaven, you remember what he said, right? But you shall receive power when the Holy spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. When you look at that verse, it says it right here. You will receive power. Does anybody need me to explain you to you? The word will what will means? It doesn't say might. It doesn't say may. It doesn't say could be. It doesn't say, hey, there's a possibility. It says you will receive power. And when will we receive power? Well, it says it right here. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Let me ask you a question. A pop quiz morning. Can somebody tell me when does the Holy Spirit come upon you? At the moment of salvation. Sandy said it right down front. The moment that you trust Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit shows up. It's like instantly when you say, yes, I believe that Jesus is God's son and I believe that he died and that he rose again. And I call on you, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Save me today. At that moment, it's like this, you know, the Star Trek transporter, like the, the beaming, The you know, Scotty is sitting there in the heavenly portal and he's pushing the button and the Holy Spirit is beaming down. I don't know if that's possible. Mark, you'll have to tell me. Beaming down and instantly he shows up in your heart and the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, when that happens, put the verse back up if you would, guys. It says right now, when that verse, when that happens, you will receive power. Not power like, you know, Apco turns the power back on. You know, not like you flip the breaker when the circuit gets popped. no, 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 no. You will receive Holy Ghost, God-sized power. And how powerful is our God? All-powerful. So hey, when you sit back and you think, man, I can't do it. When you sit back and you think, I don't have what it takes. When you sit back and you think, I'm not smart enough, I'm not wise enough. When you're sitting like Moses, like man, I don't even know what to say. Understand this, that when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, and you kind of understand and you grip, grab a hold of that, that, that picture of God's plan and God's will for your life. Like You will receive that power and the Holy Spirit's there. And absolutely, there is nothing that you cannot accomplish because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We have all been made ready. Now, understanding that, the second thing we read from this verse is this, is we've all been called. We've already talked about that this morning. We've all been called. Look what it says, second part of verse 12. Remember the first part. I give thanks to Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me. The second part of that verse, because he considered me faithful, appointing me to the ministry. Appointing me to the ministry. Paul is making it clear, like, hey, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I probably wouldn't have planned it. Like, this is not what I was thinking about earlier on when I was standing there when Stephen was getting stoned outside of the walls of Jerusalem. Like, this was not my master plan. When I graduated from college with the, the career path for my life, when I went and took the, you know, that, that, that assessment test to figure out what my skills were, like, this was not it. But, oh, I give thanks to Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me and has found me faithful and appointed me to the ministry. And so understand this. What he gives us clearly is this, is that we have all been called. And so we've all been called. Understand what he said in the statement, right? So, so God strengthened him, number one, right? And then God appointed him to the ministry. But what do you find like right there in the middle between those two statements? Somebody look at your Bible. What do you find right in the middle of those two statements? There's a word that's really important, faithful you see understand this yes i can do all things through christ who strengthens me like i absolutely i like like man god calls me to it god equips me to it and man god will do it through me absolutely god can do all things we get it we understand that and man thank you god for calling me but right there in the middle is this very important little statement that we've got to understand and we've got to get that we've got to be faithful it's what 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 says, Moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found faithful. What's a steward? That's not a word that we use a lot kind of in our context. The word we use a lot in our context and today is the word manager. And that's what steward means. It's manager, right? So understand this. Moreover, it is required of managers that we be found faithful. And so how many of you in this room are managers? Raise your hand if you're a manager. Okay, let me, let me help you So every person in this room, everything that you have and everything that you do and everything that you can accomplish, every ability that you have has all been given by God to you. It's God's that he puts into your hands. And as such, he then allows you to steward or manage those gifts that he has given to you. Let me ask that question again. How many managers do we have in the room? There we go. The rest of the hands go up. Why? Because we're all managers. Like every one of us, we are managers. There's nothing that you have that, that you have not been you know, extended, given to by God. Like every ability, every talent, everything is a blessing from God. Thank God for the blessings that he pours out into our lives. His grace is sufficient for me. Like everything that you have flows from God. And so understanding that context that we've been called by God and understand that everything that we have has been given by God, we've got to understand that one little word in the middle, that we are faithful. And this is where so many Christians mess up. Because what happens is they understand the power of God and they can even understand the call of God. But if you are not properly managing or stewarding what God has placed into your hands, guess what God is not going to do through you? he's not going to do his greatest work. Because if God can't trust you, God won't use you. Do you understand that? If God can't trust you, God won't use you. Now the good news is this, is that if God doesn't trust you, what's really cool is, that's a thing that is pretty easy to remedy. It's a pretty easy thing to change. It's a pretty quick thing to say, okay, God, I've not been a good manager. But today... I turn it around, and I today am going to manage everything well. God, I put it back into your hands, and God, I'm going to be the best manager that you can ever possibly imagine. God, I know it's yours, and I'm going to do my very best to manage. It's like a quick turn. It's not like God's going to say, excuse me, you're fired, right? God is not sitting up there like Donald Trump back in the old apprentice days, like, yeah, you've not been a good manager, you're fired. It doesn't happen. Like, God doesn't give up on you, Right? God is the God of the second chance. As my dad always said, he's the God of the second chance, and he's the God of the 10,000th chance. God will not give up on you. And so understand, we are managers. We've got to be faithful. We've got to understand and recognize what that really looks like, what that means. In Matthew chapter 28, with this idea of we've been called in the Great Commission, look what it says in verse 16 and following. It says, in the 11 disciples, they traveled to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. Isn't that an interesting little verse? That the disciples, who were the disciples? Like they were the ones who followed Christ, right? And it says the disciples, they followed him to Galilee. They went to Galilee, they followed him, went to the mountainside where they told him to go, when Jesus told him to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. That's an encouraging verse because even the disciples, even they sometimes doubted. So don't feel like less of yourself, like, man, I doubt occasionally, so God can't use me. Yes, God can, and yes, God will, because God knows you're not perfect. He created you. He knows you're not perfect, right? Look what it says. It goes on. And so Jesus came near and he said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you always. Now, there are two things in that passage. You know the Great Commission, go and, and preach the gospel and baptize them, teach them, disciples. Like You know that part of it, Right? But there's two things that are very important for us to understand in this context of making sure that we're being grateful for the mission and like that we are on mission for God. And the first one is this. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Okay, so you understand, again, pop quiz, how much authority has been given to Jesus? All authority. Is there any authority that Jesus does not have? Is there any uh, abilities that Jesus does not have? Is there anything that Jesus like just can't quite get there? Like like Jesus has all authority. He is all powerful. He has been given everything on heaven and in earth, right? So that's the first thing. Jesus has all the authority and all the power and all the ability. Now, the next thing is the last part of this verse that I the passage I read a moment ago. And then Jesus says, oh, and remember, I am with you always. So what does that mean for you and me? It means that when we are on the mission that God has called us to, number one, Jesus has all the authority and all the power, and Jesus promised, hey, I'm going to be with you every step of the way. You are never alone in fulfilling the mission that God has called you to accomplish. Now, is anybody getting encouraged here today? Like, I mean, this ought to be something when you look at that passage and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Like like God promises, like, hey, I am going to be with you and and I'm going to use you to make incredible impact. Man, we look across, across this room here this morning on the stage and there are about 1,400 or so. I, I've started to try to count them during this one of the songs. I mean, I was paying attention, but I was trying to count as well. But you, you've got like 1,400 or so boxes here. There are more that will come into in the next service uh, that will show up and all of these boxes were going to be they're going to be transported and, and sent out to children like all over the world and like it's going to impact a kid's life right so you like you got this box right here it says it's for a two to four year old uh it doesn't say a boy or a girl i'm going to open this up and see how well you did and so you open this box oh it's all taped i can't open it somebody t- that was smart uh they outsmarted me there uh but uh, I'm sure there's some great stuff in there. And so what, what's really cool is that like, like, this is going to make a kid's day. It's going to impact them with the gospel in, like, in a powerful way. Like How cool is that? And then uh, and this box may go to like somewhere in Nepal, somewhere that you will you know, village out in the middle of the mountain that you would never, ever go to, that you may never visit. And God has given you the opportunity of speaking into the lives of that kid who is two to four year old, who is a little girl somewhere in a village in Nepal that that God is going to take what you did right here at Walmart in Lynchburg, Virginia, and is going to bless a kid around the world. I don't know about you, but that seems like that's a pretty cool thing. I don't know about you, but that seems it's pretty amazing when you think about the authority that Jesus has. All authority has been given to him, and he's going to be with us always. This looks like the picture of what Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 28. God was going to use you to change the lives of people that you'll never meet. Pretty cool. You ever thought you'd be able to pull that one off? That's what God can do. We have missionaries serving all around the world. In fact, I want to show you a graphic right now. Guys, put that on the screen if you would. And so we have right now 80 different missionaries and missions organizations around the world that every single month that you, Thomas Road Baptist Church, has the opportunity of working with and encouraging. We send resources. We send and resources. Just so you know, that means money that we send money to them. We send uh, encouragement to them. Uh, Tim Grandstaff and Russ Dean uh, and Josh Baker and others on our team are constantly connecting with these individuals. They're working with these individuals. You look at this map that's here and like all around the world right now, throughout the entire globe, you can see like we're pretty much covering all around the world, like we're people that are right here from Thomas Road that we're encouraging, ministering to and impacting people around the world. And we right here sitting in Lynchburg, Virginia, We are helping to make that happen. That seems like a pretty cool thing, doesn't it? Like a pretty amazing thing. All authority has been given to Jesus Christ. And he is with us always. And he uses us to do things that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. That we can impact people around the world. Now, you take it a little bit further. Not only are we working with these 80 missionaries every single month, every single day often. But we also have the opportunity through ministry, through things that we're doing here, where we are planting churches all over the world. Watch this graphic, and they'll continue to show you some of the things that we're doing right now that over 10,000 churches and church planting training centers have been planted throughout that part of Africa, through that middle band of Africa, just in the last few years as a result of what happens right here. You'll see the dots. We didn't put 10,000 dots there because the person who created this graphic would have quit and walked out if I said put 10,000 dots in there. So each one of those dots represents like hundreds of different churches, right? So we have planted over 10,000 churches in that middle band of Africa there uh, over the last two or three years. That's something that we are doing. We could actually take that graphic even further and go up into Nepal where we've planted thousands of churches. We could take it into India, all the different places. like All around the world today, we are planting churches right now that are preaching right now as we're gathered here. They also are preaching the gospel around the world. And it's all coming from this little church in Lynchburg, Virginia, dinky Lynchburg, Virginia. You know, a place where the airport has four flights a day. (laughs) And we're impacting the world. All authority has been given. And he is with us always. And God will do incredible things in and through us. Over the next 12 months, we're going to have trips going all around the world where you are going to be traveling on these mission trips and going and working with those missionaries that we just shared. In fact, the first one we have coming up is in February. Uh, Mike and Lisa Bryant, stand up over here. Mike and Lisa, uh, they're going to be leading a team, and I'm going to be going with them. They're leading, and I'm just going. So they're in charge. They're, they're the bosses over there. And we're going to be going to Guatemala in February. We have not been back since before COVID, And we're going back now to work with families that we have ministered to. We built houses there. We planted churches there. We dug wells there. And we're going to be going back. Kevin Foster, Kevin Pam, stand stand over here. Kevin and Pam, stand over there. They're going to be going with us in February as well. And Kevin, God has laid it on their hearts, Kevin and Pam, to start an organization outside of Thomas Road to work with business people and contractors where they've been digging wells in Guatemala and other places around the world. And they're going to be going in February as well. We're going to be serving together. Yeah, they're going, And that's the first trip of a lot of trips this year where we're going to be going and working with those missionaries. And so I've got that QR code up there. You ought to take a picture of that QR code. And if you're old and don't know what that means, find a kid sitting next to you and say, what does a QR code, what do I do with that? Because we want you to go on these trips with us so that you can be an encouragement and bless. Why? Because all authority has been given to Jesus and he is with us always. Therefore, in the middle, go therefore and preach the gospel that we have that opportunity. Somewhere up in the balcony up here is Byron Davis. Byron, where are you? Are you here this morning? Yell at me if you're here, Byron. He might be in the next service. But Byron and Missy Davis started a ministry called Operation Home a few years ago. Again, just something on their own that God laid on their hearts to help... Uh, service members around the world who don't have the resources to get home for Christmas, that Byron and Missy raised the money to actually help them get to their home to be able to buy a plane ticket for them and travel. As they travel to wherever they are around the world, they get to go home for a few days and be with their family as they're serving throughout the armed forces of the United States. And they've helped scores and scores of individuals who are serving to be able to get home for the holidays. And they've had scores of those come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior through that mission ministry. That All authority has been given to Jesus. And he is with us always. And so right there Smack Dab in the middle. Byron and Missy, they're going therefore. Kevin and Pam, going therefore. Mike and Lisa, going therefore. What about you? Go therefore and preach the gospel. Make disciples of all the nations. Teaching them to observe all things. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. You see, All authority has been given to Jesus. And remember, lo, I'm with you always. So right in the middle, go. You have been called. And so we see in this passage, like we've been made ready. We've all been called. But the third thing we see in this passage that that Paul encourages us to recognize is we've been forgiven. Look what it says in verse 13. Remember now, he says this, like, man, I'm so grateful to Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me and has found me faithful and has appointed me to ministry. Look what it says in verse 13, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor and an arrogant man, but I received mercy because I acted out of ignorance and unbelief. You had to underline or highlight or circle or something right there in verse 13, even though. Even though I did all these horrible things, God's using me. Even though I was a sinner, God is using me. Even though, as he said, I was a blasphemer and a persecutor and an arrogant man, God is using me. I received mercy. That is everyone in this room's testimony. That even though you did not deserve to be used by God, even though you were not worth being used by God, even though you were horrible and a sinner and way off the track and way off the base and God should have no reason to use you whatsoever, even though you have received mercy and you've been used by God and you're being used by God. You see, we have been forgiven. Man, what an incredible thing. What an incredible idea of understanding that your past can never disqualify you from your future. Isn't that good news? Your past can never disqualify you from your future. So whatever yesterday looked like in God's economy, that was yesterday and God doesn't care. Repentance is the first step to seeing God do amazing things, in you and through you in the days to come. We have been forgiven. There's so many of us in this room that we don't feel worthy because of past. We don't feel worthy because of our sin. We don't feel worthy because of things that we've done. And yet here we are sitting here as the body of Christ and we're told by his word, like God says, hey, I'm gonna use you. Man, I've got some incredible things for you. And we sit there and we believe the lies of Satan who's always whispering in our ears, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're too much of a sinner. And all along, the work that God has prepared for you to do is sitting out there undone. Today in our nation, it's National Adoption and Foster Care Day. Something that we here at Thomas Road, man, we're passionate about. Aaron Gaston and his team, man, we're, we're leaning into. We've done a lot over the last few years of, of, of ministry in the adoption and foster care area. We have a, a store that we opened up over at Fort Hill Village. I don't even know if they still call it Fort Hill Village. They, they did when I was growing up. But over at Fort Hill Village, a store that we've opened up where every single month we are ministering to 60 foster families in our community to provide food and clothing and diapers and, and formula and all the kinds of things that they need to take care of these foster kids. That have been placed in their home, brought up horrible situations and, and people ministry, like uh, ministering to these kids. And man, we want to see more of you getting uh, you know, qualified and, and trained on how to be foster parents and foster families and adoptive families because there are so many kids today that desperately need hope. In fact, I want to share with you one couple in our church that God is using to do that. Let's watch this video.
1: So of our eight children, uh, six of them are, are adopted. Some of them were foster placements uh, prior to the adoption, but most, for the most part, we were intending to adopt.
2: I believe even before we were married, we discussed it pre- and yeah, that, that would adoption. be a part of our journey that we would adopt.
1: You know, God calls us to to uh, meet the needs of the orphans and widows, and that's part of why I believe He's He's called us.
2: We didn't know the whole journey, but we, we just were trying to be obedient for each each step of it and God brought children into our home and often more than more often than not they stayed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Some times kids come from difficult backgrounds, hard places. It makes them a challenge.
2: And you don't always know why a child does what they do. A child that sleeps on the floor refuses to get in a bed, maybe they slept on a floor and that's what, that's their comfort. That's where they need to be. Those behaviors are um, a challenge, but there's help. There's help out there. There's a community. At Thomas Road, there is a resource closet and I think it does more than just meet the needs of with uh, tangible items is that you find a community there you find other moms that are sometimes struggling sometimes you can lift them up sometimes they lift you up and then they also know of other support groups in the community the resource closet has a once a month night out for moms that that is nice to, to be able to gather together
1: yeah the Thomas Road I mean foster and adoption group has been, just been a real blessing I mean. To be able to interact with people that have similar circumstances and similar challenges, and and uh, then also to, to bless people when they are um, need have needs for fostering and adopting.
2: I am thankful for that, that we don't feel alone yeah. in, in our journey. And you often have families that will bring you a meal, send you a word of encouragement, babysit for you, you know, give you some respite. But yet there's, there's still a lot to be done in the area of foster and adoption for the families.
0: So I hope you caught that eight kids, six of them adopted. Most of those six were foster placements. And you sit back and you think, man, that family, Randy and Susan, I'm sure that at some point in their journey, they thought, man, we're not good enough. We can't do this. We can't bring these kids in or coming from difficult situations. How can we encourage them? How can we bless them? Because all authority has been given to Jesus. And remember, I am with you always, Jesus said. So, go. What an incredible story of how God uses each and every one of us. You ought to get involved in the adoption and foster care ministry, whether it's donating clothes and supplies to the uh, resource center, or, or maybe you want to get trained to be a foster parent, a foster family, so that you can work with the local social services where you can help and minister to these kids going through difficult stuff. Talk to Aaron, uh, uh, Aaron Gaston or Shawnee Roberts and figure out like, how I can be a part of that. Why? Because it matters, we've been called. Be grateful for the mission. And here, finally, I'll wrap it all up with this statement. Why do we do this? Because Paul taught us in this passage, it's not about us. It's all about Him. Look what it says in verse 14. In verse 14, and I'll close with this because I'm already late and I'm already long, but it's okay. Verse 14, And the grace of our Lord overflowed, along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners, and I'm the worst of them. But I received mercy for this reason, so that in me, the worst of them, Christ Jesus might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, uh, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul just said, listen. The reason that this is so awesome is not because of what I've done, it's because of what God has done. That God has been able to show off through my inability. That God has been able to show off through my lack of awareness. That God has been able to show off through my past. And so the question I think all of us should ask ourselves in the journey that we're in, are we giving space for God to show off in us? Are we giving space to God in our journeys to make sure that the work that is being done is clearly not about you, but it's all about Him? Going back all the way to 2007, a phrase that has been used so often around this place, one that has been kind of a central theme of everything that we've done, not I, but Christ. It's not about us, it's all about Him. So are you allowing Him to do His work? you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the challenge that we received through your word to step up and to be counted, to be used, to be faithful. God, all of us in this room have the same story that Paul had. None of us are worthy. None of us deserve to be used. God, we're sinners, and I think all of us in this room could probably say, and hey, we're the worst of them all. But God, through your grace and your mercy, you've extended your peace, you've extended your love, your mercy, your grace into our lives. God, we're grateful for it. And so God, I pray that today, that for us, that we would recognize the opportunity, recognize the calling. God, recognize that you have equipped us and you've made us ready, that you've forgiven us, that you've challenged and called us, and God, that we would be found faithful. And God, for that, we give you the praise. And God, if there's somebody in this room today that needed to hear what I just read a moment ago in that last passage. That Paul said, "I'm, I'm an example of one very important truth. This is a trustworthy saying, that Christ came to save sinners. God, if there's someone in this room today or watching by television or listening on radio today that needs to hear that truth, Christ came to save you. God, I pray that in this moment they'll make that decision to believe. With our heads bowed, with our eyes closed, in a moment we're going to stand, we're going to sing through just one time. The altar is going to be open, our team is gathered. I just encourage you, if you need to meet Christ, man, we'd love to share with you who he is. This is a trustworthy saying. That's a fancy way to say, hey, this is absolutely true. Christ came to save sinners. And today that might be you. Maybe you want to come and pray a prayer of dedication. Maybe you want to recommit. Maybe you want to come and join our church family. Maybe you want to come for baptism, whatever it is. Like, I just encourage you, like, absolutely make a decision right here, right now, today, in this moment. Let's stand. Let's sing. One time. Altars open. I encourage you to step out right now. I love you,
1: Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails.
0: God, for making us ready. Thank you, God, for forgiving us of our past. God, thank you for using us. God, I pray that we would be found faithful. That we would be found faithful to be used by you. And God, we give you the praise. Equip us, call us, challenge us, lead us, guide us. And God, we promise we're going to follow in every step that you take us to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, don't forget. God has called you, so be found faithful. If you want to talk about going to Guatemala, Mike and Lisa Bryan will be right down here to my left, your right. They'd love to talk with you. Have a great day, and we'll see you back next week. I want to thank you for joining with us today. If you've never come to the place of recognition in your life of being a sinner and needing a Savior, you can do so right now believing that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose again to give you eternal life. Just ask Him to save you today. If you would like to talk further about what it is that God has done for you in the giving of His Son, Jesus, we would love to chat with you about that. I would encourage you to email us at the address that is on the screen, pastor at trbc.org. We would love to connect with you to help you begin a brand new journey with Jesus Christ in your life. And if you would like to help to contribute to our ministry as we take this message of the gospel around the world, go to the link on the screen today and help us help others with the amazing message of God's love, to let them know that God loves them, that Christ died for them, that He rose again, and through Christ, we have hope.